One does not know toward what one moves. One does not know by what one is propelled. The lines of communication between the conscious and the unconscious zones of the human psyche have all been cut and split into two. Mythology is a way to understand who you are and get deep into your own psychology. Myths are depersonalized dreams. Dreams are personalized myths. If we can understand the different mythological stories and tales of creation, it offers us a deep insight into how we can transcend as an individual to enlightenment or nirvana and oneness and wholeness and soak in the beauty that the world has to offer. Hello and welcome to the best book bits from the hero with a thousand faces. I just watched that video on YouTube, the best book bits. Go check it out. Uh, but this is my book summary of the hero with a thousand faces. I've got the hard cover here. Um, there we go. There is a hero with a thousand faces. Why is it called the hero with a thousand faces? Because Joseph Campbell is a nut job. And he literally gives you a thousand different mythological examples and different heroes in the book. Uh, I don't know if it's actually a thousand examples in the book, but there is a shitload of myths in the book. Now, I want you to take note of the Ouroboros, the serpent, the dragon that is eating its own tail. I'm going to go over three key concepts. Now, if you're watching, I'm going to open up the whiteboard here. Three key concepts to keep in mind that are going to help you analyze not only myth, mythology, but also your own psyche. So there are three universal laws. Well, there's more, but here are three of them. So we have the circle of life, the circle, the creation and destruction Okay, life cannot exist without death, and from death comes life. So the Ouroboros represents this, and this is the first universal law of life and death. We are moving, it's like day and night, there's cycles, right? So if you imagine the world, this is the world, this is the sun, the sun moves around, and then the, the sorry, the earth moves around, and then the earth moves around the sun. Like, like so. And then also the sun spins around, right? So everything is in a circular motion. There is no beginning. There is no end. Life and death, right? So that's the first concept. And when we talk about finding inner peace and silence and enlightenment, it is when we can dissolve space and time, which dissolves this illusion of life and death. Because if everything is moving towards death and everything is moving towards life and there is both life and death and you cannot live without death and without death there's no life then it's really one in the same so one stands for the o which is the circle okay the second law i'm going to draw a little triangle above the circle to create a cone so this is the universal law of the one 
the top of the triangle, and the many, the bottom of the triangle. So we go from one individual, we, we come out of adolescence, and we're into a world, and we think we know more than we actually do, and we are one. Our knowledge is one because we've just, say, finished school or finished university. Our knowledge is one. It's all together. It's it's whole, you could say. But from an outside perspective, a more experienced perspective, you could say, well, you actually don't know anything, right? Which is like me right now. I feel like I know things, but I've got no fucking idea. Same with all other uh, people that have just come out of high school. Same with people who have never taken that call to adventure, which is what this whole video is about. How do we accept this call to adventure? How do we become the hero in our own life? How do we have more fulfillment, meaning, and reach this point of love, presence, gratitude, wisdom, inspiration, and enlightenment, these states of enlightenment? We will never achieve permanent, infinite enlightenment. You'll have points of enlightenment, okay? So don't get sucked up in this fantasy or fucking bullshit mystic gurus that say they've reached enlightenment okay because that doesn't exist here we have points of enlightenment because you have one point of enlightenment we transcend so we go up the triangle up up the levels of growth levels of consciousness and our one moment of enlightenment is now spread out into many we have we now have many different challenges many different opportunities and many different distractions it's not until we can create focus on one goal one problem and find one solution till we reach one moment of presence and gratitude that is where the many disappears okay in relationship example when you're single you have many options you have many different people that you can go out on dates with and and find when you feel like you've found your soulmate the many girls you were dating, you have now integrated all of them into one. So we've gone from many to one. When you're with the one, you're thinking about the many who's done that before. Where you get into a relationship, you're like, oh, they're the one. I found them. I love them so much. They're amazing. Da, 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 da. And then you see a girl walk past or a guy walk past or you start thinking, oh, maybe what about your mind starts to wander, which is completely natural. Because it's when we reach the point of the one, we get called to another adventure. And if we refuse the call to adventure, we're going to keep piling up many distractions and many emotions to bring us back to our one call, which is going to lead us to that one problem, which is going to help us solve that and reach that one point, that one moment of presence, of enlightenment, of love and gratitude okay so everything is both in the circle of life and death and everything is also moving from one to many and many to one same thing with emotions we have many emotions and then we go into one emotion and then we have many emotions you know it's it's the circle circle of life and the progression of growth now the third and final principle uh, law that i'll discuss it's like a crucifix right so imagine jesus died on the cross i can't draw a straight line <laughs> uh this is my art this is going to be in the louvre museum 
Um, so maybe I'll just do this. I'll do a, I'll do an actual line. Here we go. All right. So we've got a line here, like a crucifix, a, a cross or a letter T. So this represents masculine and feminine, fire and water, hot and dry, night and cold, known and unknown, chaos and order, individual and group. So these are all the different polarities. Now, in order to... So, so back to the relationship example, where when we're single, we're looking for many, we have many options. There are both, we're going to, in our mind, there's going to be hot chicks and there's going to be fat chicks, right? Now, if you, I, I, I use the example of fat because I used to be fat and I'm just referring back to my own experience of, as, of how I used to perceive myself. And if you do take offense to that, then, uh, sorry, not sorry, it's only true because you feel it inside of yourself is true. So I cannot criticize you unless you've actually criticized yourself for it. So back to my example, I'm single. I have many options. I don't have my one soulmate, uh, except for my dog, Prince, is my soulmate. And there's many options and there's both hot chicks and there's fat chicks, right? So I have a polarity of both hot and beautiful and ugly and fat, right? What a crude example. I'm such a disgusting man, okay? So until I can integrate and look at women or other people as and integrate both their good and bad, their beautiful and their ugly parts together, I will still have a disassociation from the one which is a state of love. If I'm resenting and infatuating, and if I'm pride, if I'm proud, and if I'm ashamed, I'm disconnecting, I'm disconnecting myself into many different parts. Okay. So it's an integration of opposites and polarity. But the paradox is that you cannot perceive things without the contrast and without a polarity. Okay. So we are going somewhere with this example let me close this down okay so it's the same thing with memories in order to have a memory of the past we're also projecting out into the future and in order to think about the future we're comparing it to the past in order to be happy we are thinking of a moment where we have been sad Okay, in order to be courageous and accept the call to adventure, we must also be thinking about a moment that we are scared of. Okay, this is the whole point that Joseph Campbell talks about. In order to accept the call to adventure, in order to separate from yourself, in order to separate from the group, from the many, and become your one whole and explore your inner self, we must disconnect from all of our fears and pains and challenges and the things that scare us the most. And only you know, when you are connected to the group and the many, we are safe. Okay. But safety does not create, you know, a, a smooth seas never created a skilled sailor. We've all heard that expression. Now, that is because if we're stuck in a group and we're safe, Instead of being an individual, 
we get lost in the group. And instead of having an individual identity, we are now identifying with the group. We're not ourselves. We're a fucking, we're a hive mind. We're group thinking. Okay. So in order to accept the call to adventure and go through the three stages that Joseph Campbell talks about in this book, we separate from the group. It's the initiation into our own adventure. And then we return back to the group and show the group and speak to the group and serve the group and inspire them with our own individuality and our own being, our, uh, who we are, our, our most authentic self. Okay, so using the three universal laws that I discussed before, in order to separate from the group, we must be aware of the law of polarity. So if I'm going to leave the group and I'm fucking shitting myself and I'm scared, I'm comparing it to a time and place where I have felt safe. And I'm holding on to the fantasy, this infatuation, this memory of being safe in my mother's womb, being pushed on a swing set by my mom, lying on the couch with my mom, and she's scratching my back, making me feel safe and connected. If we have awareness around these moments of safety and comfort and sort of attachment to the group, if we can disconnect ourselves from, okay, this is just a thought. This is, this is a perception going on in my brain. In order to transcend who I currently am, in order to be more fulfilled, in order to find meaning, I must embrace the suffering of my past, which is losing the fantasy of all the things I've looked up towards, all the greatest things that I think in my life, it's a fucking fantasy. It's a bullshit delusion that is holding me back. Okay, and this is what you get when you read mythology. It's like, how in the, how the hell does Frodo and Bilbo fucking go and fight the, the fucking demons in Lord of the Rings or whatever, right? How the fuck did Harry Potter have the courage to fight Voldemort? It's because he knew intuitively deep within himself that he's not always going to have his mummy and daddy there to protect him because his mum and dad fucking died. He had no other option. He was like, well, my mum and dad are fucking dead. So I might as well just go out and fucking kick Voldemort's ass. What am I, what else am I going to do? The problem is that many of us don't actually have a, a situation that's as gravitous as our parents being killed by Voldemort. Okay. So we're in this kind of middle ground, which is what the, the, the sentence that I opened the video with is it's like, fuck our identity is being lost in the group because technology and civilization is so advanced advanced now in a way that externally advanced that I can I can literally just sit in my room ha order Uber Eats have the electricity pumping get on the dole fucking you know I have all the I can literally do nothing and I'm in pure safety I have all of my basic needs taken care of so it's like okay let me dissect my brain and maybe my my mum and dad didn't fucking die but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look through my past, 
Why am I holding on and attaching myself to the fantasy of safety? Why do I feel that sitting here and being in my safe little box is benefiting me? Oh, it's because I don't have to face my fears. Okay. If I'm scared of facing my fears, I'm holding on to that that safety of being with my mum. He does talk a bit about the Freudian... Freudian examples of the the Oedipus complex where we attach on to the mother and um, I'm I definitely have uh, well I feel many people the the parent when you're younger that you crave the most amount of love from is who you're most like because my dog so the parent that we crave the most amount of love from is who we become most alike if we're most we're most we become most alike them we're almost like a chameleon so that we can we know that if we're like them and if we have more similarities between us we'll get more attention so it's really this fantasy of breaking the safety net of of childhood of and that's that's what life is the 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 mythology is okay i am I go from a baby to an adult, right? So it's it's a it's this the growth. So in order to transcend and grow and accept the call to adventure and separate from the group and initiate this fight, this challenge, this path to glory and accept my challenge and find the meaning and all that good stuff. I must be aware of my infantile, immature fantasies. Once you're aware of those, you then go, okay, if I feel like I'm scared to take this next step that my inner soul is calling me to do because I'm holding on to that past memory, how do I then realize that this is a, a perception that's made up in my mind and and take this call to adventure it's simple it's simple but it's not simple meditate and reflect and close your eyes and and slow down your breath and ask yourself what am i comparing my safety to what am i what do i really want to achieve what is my purpose what is the fight that I'm here for? Okay, so all of my memories as a child where I'm feeling overly safe and I'm I'm scared is related to speaking and learning. So in order for me to face my fears, it's leaving the leaving the the safety of my mother and speaking out from my soul and learning as much as I can so that I can help others. That is my call to adventure. So it's, it's not a, an, it's not a abstract generalized concept that's going to work for everyone. This book has so many examples in it because Joseph Campbell believes that everyone has their own myth. Everyone lives by their own myth mythology. So I suggest if this is intriguing you, then to pick this book up or if there's any movies that you like watching, 
pay attention to the things that you really focus on and what are the things that inspire you that really call out to your soul because the 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 fantasies of feeling safe are going to hold you back now some you know many many are called but few choose back so not everyone is going to be a hero otherwise you know everyone would be a fucking hero and it'd be easy and there wouldn't be any value to it value is in scarcity so if you can if you really do feel like your soul is calling you and you you want to take itty bitty single steps towards transcendence and evolving your consciousness and being a hero and in in your own way whether it's being a mum whether it's a businessman or woman whether it's being an athlete whether it's being a politician whether it's being an intellectual whatever your journey is it's directly related to you your past experiences your past fantasies where you feel like you are safe where you feel like you get more benefits than disadvantages because human beings will only ever do things that they feel they have more benefits than drawbacks to every single action that you take consciously or unconsciously is because you perceive you're going to get more benefits than drawbacks every single thing okay so that is the separation how do we separate from our infantile fantasies and have the courage to ask ourselves what is our call to adventure what is our call Okay, what is it? What's our challenge? What's the thing that lights us up? What's the thing that inspires us? If you've seen some of my other videos, this is what your values are. When you're aware of your values, when you're aware of your past emotions, your past baggage, your past infantile fantasies that are holding you back and you're clearing your values, you can start shipping away at the, the emotions that are holding you back, balance out your emotions, and then start planning and taking action towards a thing that your highest values and your purpose and start planning your vision and your mission and just go, go, go. Every little, every single litty, itty bitty step, step. The second part, the initiation into the challenge. Okay. So remember how I was talking about the one and the many at the beginning? It's the, the, the cone, the triangle. We go from one point to many. When we first start out on our journey, we are many parts. We have no fucking clue what we're doing and we're disoriented, we're distracted. We're trying to nail down all of our opportunities. We're in, in, in many different parts. Once you find your call and you, are, you separate yourself from the group, you have now gained the courage to integrate all of your fantasies and nightmares into one. So you've gone from many, many different emotions into one emotion. Let's call it courage, right? So now we, we have the courage to take action towards our calling and what we feel we're here to do and our purpose and our mission and taking action towards our inspiring vision. Okay, once you take action towards that you re you get hit with obstacles and challenges and frustrations and it's going to bring up a whole new level of different emotions and fantasies nightmares um, lust envy greed gluttony uh, wrath all of you know all of the good stuff all of these horror uh the these deeply intense 
emotions are just going to flood and overwhelm your entire system. So we've gone from one, one courage. Yep. I can do it. Let's go <laughs> into many. Oh my God. How, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so, uh, uh, what the fuck do I do? Right. If you can hold on now, this is why it's so important to be very clear on who, what your, what your call is and what your challenge is and what your goal is. Because if the goal is not inspiring enough, you will not have the courage to stay disciplined and persistent and consistent and push through until you get through that hump. You get you go through a little bit of a, a dip, a hump, where you go, oh my God, this is really, is it worth it? Oh my God, I'm in so much pain. I'm in so much suffering. If it's not inspiring to you, you're not going to stick to it. You're not going to, you're not going to keep going. So hold on to that inspiring vision and mission and your own individuality and what you feel you're here to do, what is your you feel what is your destiny, and you keep going and going and going and you you hold on, you break through, bang. Now you've integrated the many parts back into one, into wholeness. Okay, the next step after that is so talking before we go on to the third step the other universal principle that i spoke about was the circle of life and death in order to create new life we must first kill off the parts of ourselves that we that no longer serve us so the parts of us that we feel are lazy the parts of us that feel get too easily lustful or greedy or gluttonous or wrathful we're starting to to sever those connections and starting to move forward and we're just fucking killing that those bitches off fucking kill it off if you want to plant a whole new garden of beautiful flowers and the garden is full of weeds you first need to kill all the weeds so it's in order that the journey of the hero is to cut off all of the parts that aren't serving him for his mission because that is that's the cycle of growth it's like i'm going from many different disintegrated parts and i feel horrible these parts i don't like about myself that are holding me back i'm going to push through a challenge that's going to a challenge that's inspiring enough to me to make me want to push through i'm going to kill off all of that and i'm going to create new life so i'm now one individuated transcended enlightened present inspired loving grateful enthusiastic individual who's just killed off all of my bad parts it's ripping off the skin if you're a snake it's shedding the layer of the skin it's in order to grow you cannot <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory right in order to grow you cannot stay the same so if you're not the same it's killing off many different parts of us breaking ourselves into many different parts cutting off the shit that's not serving us and regrowing back into a stronger being so the third and final stage of the mono myth is to return so once we've now integrated back into one and we have transcended we're more enlightened and present and inspired we then pick ourselves up and we go, okay, what lessons, what gold can I extract from my journey? And let me bring that back to my group. Let me bring that back. So once again, 
from the start, I have I'm identifying with the group. I have a group mentality and a group level consciousness. I great I gain the courage to transcend my past fantasies and emotions that are holding me back. And I've found an inspiring vision that's going to drive me forward. I now create my own individuality, my own authentic true self. I know who I am now. Wow. Cool. What a what a blessing. So now I come back as an as a authentic being and I share with the group who I am. Now, what is the problem with this? The problem is that not everyone wants to hear it. If you come back and you say, hey, you know, everything you've been doing for your entire life, yeah, change that. I've got the new solution. Here you go. So now we're one and we might be a bit proud and elated and we come back where this one individual like, yeah, I'm amazing. I'm, I've just conquered, I just killed the fucking dragon. You go back to the tribe, the group and you go, hey guys, you got to face your fears. You got to go kill the dragon. You got to find something, find an inspiring vision and a mission and then go after it. Some people are going to criticize you. Some people are going to give you credit. Some people are going to praise you. Now, if you're going to take the, the Martini says, if you enjoy praise and you love receiving praise, then criticism is going to sting like a bitch. So now you're broken back down into many parts and you go, oh my God, am I, not, am I an asshole? Am I a villain or am I a hero? Do I, am I worthy of credit and praise or am I deserving of blame? Do I need a, this, what's wrong with me? But then there's people telling me that there's right. So right. So we've now disintegrated again into many different parts, right? We're in that circle down the bottom of a new cone, a new triangle, because we've just transcended a new growth. What you transcend, you give rise to. So every time you transcend, you go through the same lessons at a different level. So instead of now facing the fears of yourself, you're now facing the fears that you're receiving from other people because you've returned back from your challenge, from your journey and your adventure. And now people are like, what the fuck do I believe? Holy shit. So then now it's an even greater challenge it's like, okay, how do I communicate this in a way so that people will withhold their judgments and I can penetrate through their past perceptions that have been holding them back and actually serve these people and be a value and a benefit to my society so that I can see the society grow because I have children, I have a wife, I have uh, people, friends that I love and I want to see them grow too because when I surround myself with people that are inspiring, it's inspiring and I keep growing, they keep growing and it's a it's a beautiful circle of, of life. So that is the challenge of the final return stage of the hero's journey. It's okay, how do I now communicate this with the with the world? So in Star Wars, Luke Skywalker kills Darth Vader. Does he kill Darth? Uh, I probably shouldn't be referencing Star Wars, but <laughs> Luke Skywalker. You know they defeat the fucking um, the 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 emperors, the the imperial the imperial sector, or whatever. And then the whole new politics. That's when Star Wars started getting shit. Is when they started bringing in all the politics. It's like okay, we've been in, destroyed destroyed Emperor Palpatine. And the rebel has won. And now, oh, now we got to create 
room for a whole new paradigm, a whole new government, a whole new system, which ends up being challenged again. And then fucking Palpatine comes back and they were fucked up Star Wars. Anyway, the, the fun fact, the Star Wars was actually based off this book. So George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, had this idea of Star Wars and this future galaxy quest and journey and all these things. And then he picked, he, he wasn't sure how to, how to write it, how to create the movie. And then he picked up this book and he was like, oh, he messaged and wrote a letter to Joseph Campbell. He said, hey, Joe, uh, your book has just given me basically the script on how to write Star Wars. Thank you. So then Joseph Campbell was actually an advisor on the set of Star Wars and helped make Star Wars. So I probably should brush up on my Star Wars knowledge. I'm sure people in the comments, if you like Star Wars, you can help me out with that. But anyway, that is the three stages of the hero. The separation from the group, losing your own identity in order to find your identity in the initiation, initiate yourself. That's why a lot of these tribes and myths that they talk about in the uh, group literally have something called initiations where, you know, the Aboriginals need to like fucking cut their penis open and flow the blood out of their penis like a woman's menstrual period in order to show growth or the child goes out and has to kill the gorilla um that's what the Hadza people do in africa that the child needs to you know kill the monkey and then you got people in brazil where they have to put the fire ant glove thing on things on in order to become a man it's it's very it's spread out all throughout the world, all throughout history of these initiations. So you do the initiation, you find your own call. Obviously, we are not going to slice our penises open and shove our hands in fire ant gloves. We need to find our own meaning, our own vision, our own mission. So for me, it's been, okay, I really love personal training. So I'm going to become a personal trainer. I really love bodybuilding. This is awesome. I get to show, oh, okay, I'm not really fulfilled. What's that next call? Okay, I want to do mindset stuff. I want to help people with their mindset, find more fulfillment, find more fulfillment and meaning in their lives and, you know, find purpose because that's what I was going through. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm not reaching as many people as on. I've got to get on social media. I've got to share as, as many people as I can. I've got to do courses. I've got to learn more. I've got to do all this stuff. Oh, now I really like dogs. I have the vision of getting a dog, but I have all these problems and challenges. Oh, cool. Now when I get got the dog, oh, now I really like challenging myself and seeing how far I can push and I want to work with more athletes. Okay, I'm going to run an ultra marathon. Cool. Just go run an ultra marathon. Now I'm going to sign, I've just signed up for a, another 320 kilometer ultra marathon in six months. And I'm like, oh, okay, I want to do Ironman. So it's like, just like the more momentum you build up, the more awareness you get of like, okay, what's that call that I want to fucking go after? What's the thing that really lights me up? And a really good sign as to if you're on the right track is if you tell someone something and they go, oh, really? Are you, are you serious? Like if you tell someone something, unless they're a really, really good friend and they're super chill, if you tell them, oh, hey, I'm going to go to the gym today. They go, uh, yeah, so. But if you go to someone, hey, I'm going to run a 320-kilometer trail run. They go, what? How, how? What the fuck? I could never do that. Wow, that's crazy. Why would you? That's a sign of individuality. Now, it might not be a 320-kilometer fucking run for you. It might be um, 
Oh, hey, I want to have six kids when I'm older. What? You're mad. You're crazy. Oh, hey, I want to do Pilates every day this week. Oh, hey, I want to do, I want to have a farm with eight dogs. What? Farm? That's great. But what about how fast you would be with the city? We're all individuals with our own individual problems. And if we let other individuals project their problems, their bullshit emotions onto us, it's going to hold us back. So it's separating yourself from the group, becoming your own individual, figuring out what what's something inspiring that I want to go after and fucking go after it. And then once you've gone after it and achieved it, it's like, okay, now it's your opportunity to share that with the world, whether it's a business, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's in your health, whether it's spiritually, whether it's whatever it is, it's your, I wouldn't say it's your responsibility, but the amount of fulfillment that you can get, not only from achieving your goals, but helping others achieve theirs is, it's incredible because the more you, understand the universe and how everything works we're all connected we're all reflections of each other and if we're all interconnected then if i help you you're going to help me and i'm helping myself i'm helping you and i you know it's just this beautiful beautiful universe that we live in anyway thank you for listening subscribe